Welcome to another episode of the It's Mick podcast, where I, Megan, sit down with a couple of amazing ladies to dig up dirt on the undead in Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. For this episode, I've resurrected Casey, just Casey, as well as Elwyn, so we can sink our teeth into the episode called Death Knights, When Evil Leads with Evil Creeds and Evil Deeds on Evil Steeds. <laughs> For this episode on the It's a Mimic channel, we are going to look at the tragedy and abilities of Death Knights, as well as dig into probably the most famous Death Knight of all D&D. But first, before we get any further, I have a question. You two have famously finished an evil campaign where Paladin fell from grace at the end and became a Death Knight. Can you tell us all about the corruption and tragedy and how you felt about it. I wouldn't call it an evil campaign. <laughs> like, I think that's where I'm going to start. Because, like, we started off with, like, the best intentions in that campaign. We As we most did. do. Yeah. But, like, it was, yeah. And, like, we're going to talk about Korra. And I'm going to throw Akra's name in there a lot. So, Casey, you played Akra. I played Korra. But Korra was a paladin. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm going to tell a little bit about her story. We have talked about her on the podcast many, many times because she was a character they played for years with our yeah. group, specifically with our group. So it was very topical, but never really got, did a beginning to end of all the shit she went through to become what she became, right? Mm -hmm. So she was the epitome of a lawful good, lawful stupid at times paladin. She was thrown not only into a world where gods did not exist, but also where there was no sun or light. And to be clear, Korra was a paladin of Mimir who was the god of knowledge and light. So the fact that she was plunged into a world of darkness to begin with kind of detached her from her, you know, entity and her conscience and like, you know, who she was as a person. So that was the first shit. I, and I picked that without knowing what world we were going into. Mm -hmm. And so when Adam threw us into that world, I was like, you bitch. <laughs> but her only shining light was that she did carry a sword with her that carried the spirit of her father. So she had a sword that basically would speak to her with her father's voice to be her clear conscience. But then there was a series of events that occurred that really painted the picture of Korra's great demise. There were many things that I, I'm going to share that kind of stand out, but obviously a lot of this was a fucking three-year campaign over five years ago that it started. So there's a couple of blurred lines here. So the gist is that we were on a quest to stop the goddess of death from overtaking this world that was currently godless. That's the brass tacks of what we were trying to do. But obviously this task is no easy plight for, well, it actually kind of seemed like an easy task for a paladin of light. I'm going to destroy the darkness. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Uh, however, right at the very beginning, I'm going to say that episode two or three, my father's sword was destroyed. <laughs> so I lost my good conscience. Jesus. <laughs> uh, then the person that I started to fall in love with was killed by an undead beholder, which to paint that picture, we were in a tunnel system where healing magic did not work. So not only could I not heal him, I could not bring him back to life. And he was death raid. So he came back as a zombie and I had to kill his zombie. Mm. Mm -hmm. Just layering on the trauma. Then I had to bury, bring his bones up to the top, tell his best friend that I've now, he's dead. Yeah. And that was Akra. I had to be like, your best friend's dead. Yeah. Murdered in cold blood and I couldn't heal him. And I think that was Akra and Korra's first fight. Was yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't bring him back as undead. Yep. Because, because it was a death ray. It was insta-kill, right? Uh, so that was our, my first fight with my best friend and lost the person that I was currently potentially falling in love with. I'm like, great. That's great. Um, and again, that was Casey's character that had that fight. And then I would like to paint the picture of that is that we've talked about Acra before on the podcast. Acra is a black dragonborn necromancer. Yeah. So literally the opposite of Korra. Yeah. 
But somehow we just made it work. <laughs> yep. She cared about you guys and she she worshipped Tiamat. She was trying to build an army for Tiamat and it wasn't going well because it was really actually hard to have undead in this in this world. It was very hard to have undead. <laughs> and I think there's all because there's a lot of nuances again because there's no gods in this world. And yeah. like the the goddess of death was like hoarding yeah. undead. So like anyways, there's a whole thing. And uh so Acra's goals weren't able to be met. My goals were not able to be met. So we were kind of like just helping each other out for these mini goals as we go along. But we ultimately knew that our goals were different. Yeah. And that at some point we were going to have to kill each other. Yeah. Like we knew this. Yeah. And I think we even had a conversation about halfway through like a good year into it being like, okay, is PVP okay? (laughs) Because we knew there was going to come a point where we were going to have a fight. Yeah. Yeah. And it was ultimately like um, which gods showed up and came through and who gained the power when. Yeah. And all of that. Because that was the thing was the ultimate goal was eventually like we're going to bring gods in to help us. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to bring our gods into this world. So your goal is to bring Tiamat in. My goal is to bring Mimir in, my my god. And then have a battle against the goddess of death or the remnants of the goddess of death. Yeah. Yeah. To, and that is, yeah. To overthrow and win. Right. And that is why we agreed to disagree on the lo- final game. But it was like... Because we needed the power. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. Because <laughs> So I think in our heads, the end battle was going to be our gods fighting the goddess of death and the revenants, and then our gods were going to fight. It was yeah. kind of like, I think, how we thought it was going to go in the end, mm-hmm. which is kind of what happened. Um, but a couple of other fun things that happened here. At one point beforehand, my did end up calling my god into the world early. And he basically said, I'm sorry, but you just called me into a world where there's no sun. Yeah. I, I will that. die here <laughs> if you leave me here. So my personal goal was actually now to find a way to get my god off the fucking plane yeah. because I'm like, ah, shit. I have now done goofed. Yeah. <laughs> I done made a goof. Uh, so then that was my secondary goal on top of all the yeah. other goals was not only do I need him to help me with this fight, but also I need to find a way to get him off, off the, all, out of this world, right? Yeah. At one point he became possessed by an evil spirit and then got murdered and I punched and killed a bunch of children in a church. Before my friend shot off my leg to wake me up, <clears throat> literally rolled a crit on a ranged attack yeah. that lopped off my leg. Yeah. As that happened. Uh, as an apology to me, he made me a tinkered, tinkered me together a, like, a, a fake leg. A prosthetic. Prosthetic leg. A peg leg. A little to, to and it, it was apparently, it was beautiful. It was well made because he's like, I'm really sorry that I took your leg off and like made me this gorgeous, beautiful piece of artistry. And I still have never forgiven him since. Uh, that's Dan, by the way. <laughs> uh, but the killing of those children carried, like, carried with her because she killed children. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. Um, not only that, but I can't remember what the trial was, but there was something that we had to do to be able to get out of a certain plane that we were in. And the only thing we could do was kill ourselves. And so what I ended up doing was trying to kill one person and send someone and then revive them and killed the same person again. So the sacrifice was made multiple times in an attempt to get, we had to make a sacrifice, remember? Mm. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. It's coming back to Yeah. Me. So Cora had, Cora attempted to see if killing something to make the sacrifice and send someone and then reviving them and doing it again to send a second person would work. And it didn't. <laughs> It just sent you into a void somewhere. So eventually Korra figured it out and made the necessary sacrifices to get everyone off that plant, that plane. 
But not only did she now torture someone to death, but she also then had to murder a bunch of people to get people off this plane of existence. Yeah. So spiraling into so the it's a character big, it's a development. Big spiral. Spiraling into the character development. So after like and again, after like uh uh, we also had a cleric join the party at one point and was all like, holier than thou, we're going to save the world. And my character said, you need to sit the fuck down because shit's hard. Yeah. And we had a fight at the table mm. because he's like, you're supposed to be the paladin of XYZ. You're supposed to be this good, like, happy, happy. lucky, lawful, good. I'm like, no, man, I've seen some shit. Yeah. Sit the fuck down. Build your church if you need to, but we're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that was like the steady demise. Like, and it was a slow roll. It was a slow grind. Yeah, and we were, our hands were forced so many times to, like, we could, no matter what we did, we still released other horrible things into the world, and not the things we wanted. We yeah. couldn't contain things. <laughs> I mean, a, I mean, a small list is, like, two, two, two main things that stuck out in my head was the fact that we released the Tarrasque upon the world. Yeah. And we had a timeline <laughs> taking for when it grew to the size it was supposed to be to destroy the world. And then we also cascaded a blood curse that killed all of the Kenkus, which put our beloved NPC at risk. Yeah. Uh, and which it, ultimately died. Yeah. Uh, we we <laughs> sent a city over a waterfall into into nothingness. We, there, we destroyed a prison from the ground up in the first fucking episode. Like, we've done a lot of, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end, during the final throes of battle against the remnants of the goddess of death... I did end up calling forth my god and sapped all of his power. Akra did a similar action. Loki, the fucking Dan character, couldn't do that, but he got beefed up by something. I, oh, no, he had the hags. Yeah. He had the hags, so he did get beefed up by things. Anyways, in the end, Korra ended up killing Akra by throwing a spear at her because she was, like, floating in the air above a platform. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I realized what I had done... Korra, like, basically ran and jumped off the platform after and just, like, grabbed onto her and they plummeted to their death. But as they were falling, Loki fucking lobbed an arrow right through Korra's heart to kill her. Like, we just murdered each other. (laughs) Yeah. Wow! Well, because if if I had killed Akra... Yeah. Like, then I, like, he he knew that it would descend into madness. Yeah. So he's just like, no, like, I need to save all of us by destroying both of them. And then, like, he ended up dying, and then, like, it was the whole... All of us died. Yeah, and I was going to kill both you and Dan's character, Loki. And Dan knew that, because he had half the Necronomicon that you needed, and to be able to get it from him, she needed to kill him by reading the book. So it was just a long... (laughs) <laughs> long-winded way of saying we murdered each other in cold blood at the very end in a big battle did not reach our goal in any way shape or form yeah, epic tragedy but in her death Korra is now a death knight in our new campaign mm. yep and Akra is a very powerful lich mm-hmm. and Dan is a vampire a vampire king of some <clears throat> kind somewhere he, oh yeah by the way he got bit by a vampire at one point <laughs> <laughs> yep that was in there somewhere <laughs> about Loki today. <laughs> For the first time, it's not about Loki. Um, it was wild. It was a wild thing. It was. And, like, it was one of those things where Adam knew that you were doing everything that you needed to do to eventually become a lich mm-hmm. in the background. I was... Che- I had, I had like, acquired the knowledge of knowing the list. Yeah. And so I was checking off the list. Because you things. knew that you wanted to do that. Cora didn't know she was doing what she was doing. She just knew that she was descending into a... She kind of knew she was descending into a madness, but she still continued to think that she was doing what needed to be done. Yeah. Because she was lawful stupid. And I didn't stop you. No. Because I saw you as something that, like, if you fully, like, fully corrupt, then we will be powerful together. 
Yeah. And you just have to let go of your all all good shit. <laughs> you gotta let go of that good shit, man. Like, yeah. you just like, join me over here in the dark. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? We're all mad now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, in our new campaign that we're playing in, all of those characters are the big bad evil guys. Are the big bads. That we have to, that we are told we need to destroy. Amazing. However, yeah. we have the meta knowledge that those remaining characters are technically actually the ones that froze the goddess of death from coming through by basically mm. saying, give us time to prove mankind is worthy. Mm. Yes. Right. So we have a that a redemption arc for them. So we have that meta knowledge, but we know we're going to go and kill them. Yeah. And like the time <laughs> is ticking. We are down to like the wire yeah. on, it really on is. what things are happening. So anyways, a, a mighty weave we've webbed. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, sorry. A web we've weaved. Oh, no, mighty weave we've, we've, we've webbed. webbed. <laughs> You know what? Canon. I'll take it. I like it a lot. All right. So that being said, you guys get to listen to my voice a little bit more because I'm going to go into the actual statistics and stats of what a Death Knight truly means. So what a Death Knight is in general is a Death Knight is a paladin that falls from the graces of their god without redemption or resolve for their deeds. And the pain and anguish of failure sparks them to turn their magic to darkness and evil and become an undead skeletal warrior. (laughs) They gain Eldritch power, which essentially means they retain their abilities and can cast divine spells, but a Death Knight cannot heal with magic. So all 900 of Korra's healing spells mean nothing anymore. Even though I didn't use them anyways. (laughs) They also gain control and dominance over lesser undead and often have armies or minions that follow them around. And just to complete the look, they tend to have undead war horses, because why not complete the image? Yeah. Uh, Gotta go with that aesthetic. Gotta have a horse, you know? (laughs) Uh, they are considered to be immortal, but not until they are redeemed. But sorry, they are considered to be immortal until they have been redeemed. Mm. So they can't die. They are they rejuvenate and can't die until they absol- are absolved or give give an atonement for all their misdeeds by by their god. Basically, stats wise, they are a healthy CR of seventeen, with an armored up AC of twenty, an HP pool of around just over two hundred on average. And a speed of 30. So they're kind of beefy motherfuckers. They have their lowest stat at dex of 11, but their highs in strength and charisma at a plus 5 and a plus 4. So this very much reflects the fact that they're a paladin build. They have a saving throw in dex, wisdom, and charisma. They have immunities in necrotic and poison damage, as well as being exhausted, frightened, and poisoned. They speak abysmal and common. However, I don't know why it's not written in here, but I feel like they would speak the languages they knew in life. Yeah. I don't, like, every other fucking remnant, like, revenant, like, all those things. Yeah, all they would. All the undeads. <coughs> Usually most, s- most, most of the ones that have come back from... With an intelligence score, yeah. know what their languages were yeah. in life. It does yeah. not make sense that's not written in the book. So I, as a DM, would say, yes, you know all of them. They would, yeah. yeah. Right, that because they sense. know where they came from. Like, like they didn't... Yeah. They're not blank slate. No, well, know, I mean... So. Prime example with Korra. Yeah, man. She retained all of her knowledge of her previous life. She came back as a death knight, but she retained all of her knowledge and things like that. So whatever languages Korra would have known. Yeah. Common, underdark, deep speech, whatever. I don't remember. She would know. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet Elvish. Yeah. I, that, that's usually a common. Yeah. I haven't looked at her character sheet in a whole, in a yeah. hot minute, so I don't remember. Yeah. Elvish and giant. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> you, know, her character. You, like, you, like, throw in, like, a random one. I, like, I, like took it as a understudy in university. Well, it'll be some French. Uh, <clears throat> uh, but, yeah, so sh- should you choose to fight one, here are the things to worry about. 
They have magic resistance, so they have advantage against magical saves when it comes to um, magic attacks. They have martial undead, which means that as long as they are not incapacitated, any other undead within 60 feet cannot be turned undead. Ooh, 60 mm, feet's a good distance, too. That's a big radius. They can't see my facial expression, but that's pretty fucking dope. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> shock and awe. People. I, li- shock and I literally awe. wrote, so fuck you, cleric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is that is a big. I'm going to bank that information for when we have to fight Korra because we're going to fight her mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a big radius. All right. Know. So they're also spellcasters, uh, of course, because they're paladins. They are a level 19 spellcaster using charisma as their spell casting ability. Uh, their spell save DC, for example, is 18 plus 10. <laughs> so you fucked. <laughs> She's going to hit you. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. it's going to hurt. However, looking at their spell list, they don't have a lot of smites, even though they do come from being a paladin. But they do have a lot of spells like command, compelled duel, hold person, and banishment. So a lot of what I'm thinking is crowd control spells. Yeah. Um, and command spells and things like that. So it, it's a lot of piss-you-off spells. Uh, as for smites, they do have two. They have Searing Smite and Staggering Smite. However, if in my mind, in I fuck you, Adam, but I think that if I was to build a Death Knight from a Paladin that was playing in my campaign, I would give them all the smites they had. Mm. Because mm-hmm. Korra had all of them. Yeah. <laughs> it just carries over. Yeah. Why, why, yeah. why wipe the slate clean when it can just carry over? Yeah. I wonder if it's because... Now, those are those are the things that they're resistant or immune to. Yeah, a lot of what they are, and mm-hmm. so I don't know. Maybe that plays into it a little bit because well, like the radiant and yeah fire. Well, I guess they had searing smite. Is searing smite fire? <laughs> Seems like it. Yeah, but like to your point, like Re- um, like the necrotic poison. Yeah, yeah. Would shift. I don't know. Yeah. But we've always talked about our podcast, and again, this is a homebrew rule, that if you're going to play an evil character who has spells that do radiant damage, you can switch that to necrotic. And if you have a, a person who does necrotic spells that wants a light spell, you can switch that to radiant. Yeah. Right. To so go yeah. with the theme of your character. Like, we've done like that in our sense. campaign. That would probably be an ideal place then to, like, yeah, just tweak them based yeah. on her alignment and total, like being change. Yeah, because yeah. like and she also had like she didn't use them, but she had a ton of healing spells, right? Yeah. So that would be like They're necrotic. Negated. Yeah. Yeah. Necrotic damage spells are like Yeah. Yeah. Or like life suck. Yeah. <laughs> like some yeah. of take the, your powers. The higher levels like you pull life from you yeah. you pull and take life versus heal. Yeah. yeah. For attacks, uh death knights can make three long sword attacks, mm-hmm. uh which is a plus 11 to hit. And only a 1d8 of damage, but as we've mentioned in a previous couple previous episodes, if you double hand that sucker, it is 1d10. Which, again, doesn't sound that great, but you also get 4d8 of necrotic damage. Yeah, and you can do that yeah. three times. Yeah. And you can do it three. Yeah. So that's a, that's a shit ton of damage on one person it's in one round. Gonna be a big ochi. <laughs> yeah. And I imagine that, that it'll be a mix, too. Yeah. Like, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. they're gonna... They're gonna I feel like... If I was to play a Death Knight and to use, like, their combat tactics, which we'll talk about later, but I do feel like they would do multiple hits of different people if they can. Absolutely. They would just, they they want the challenge of being able to watch you all die together. Yes. They're not going to whittle one of you down and then go to the next. No. No, And that, like. They know how healing works. Spread the love. Well, that's the thing. They know how healing works. Yeah. So they're going to be like, I'm going to fuck up your healer and I'm going to hurt 
three of you this round. Yes. Good luck choosing who you heal, healer. Yeah. But and I'm, with but, that necrotic damage too. Yeah. Then they're also probably going to go after you know like your bards and your you know your druids and things like that. Anybody that they know also has those healing spells. Yeah. Or the debuffing stuff. Yeah. That yeah. probably won't work anyway. But exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So like I know you wizard. Yeah. I'm gonna fucking beat you up first. Yeah. Uh also once per day they can use what's called a hellfire orb. Ooh. Love it. Love that sounds it. fun. And I literally said, which at first is like, what the fuck? Uh it's fireball. Uh <laughs> yeah. except like on steroids. So you pick a Amazing. point within 120 feet and it's a 20 foot radius or radius orb. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Uh yeah. that hits down uh, on that spot. It's a deck save of 18. Okay. So good luck, magic users. Yeah. And it's a 10d6 fire damage and 10d6 necrotic damage, so a total of 20d6. Oh, but it's halved on a save. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then oh, it's okay. fine. It's fine. <laughs> so the ranger's fine. <laughs> <laughs> the ranger and the rogue are like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, <"Fair." laughs> whatever. But I mean, like, the rogue's also used uncanny dodge, so that's also halved, so it's down yeah. to only, like, 5d6. Yeah, so he's answer. like, yikes, yeah, and then looks over, and the wizard is a skeleton. Yeah, <laughs> like, 100%. <laughs> just, like, just a pile of ash. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus. I just... Ah, I, I, I wish Lockie was around for when we were fighting for, for fighting Cora. What a great time that would have been. Um, all right, last thing for them. Because you want to poof Lockie. I just, every time you say, like, you're going to, like, poof someone with fire, I just think of, like, the cartoon where, like, they're just like the charcoal outline of themselves, yeah. and then they just crumble yes, into a pile yes, of ash. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, victory. <laughs> makes me warm and fuzzy. Yeah, and like, I, I feel like the easiest way now to explain Cora and Lockie's relationship through the entire campaign that we played is anyone who has seen the D&D movie and the relationship mm. between the paladin and the bard. Oh. Yeah. That is them to a T. In that. fact, when we went to go see the movie, we went to go see it together. <laughs> Dan and I were sitting beside each other, and there was the part where, like, he trips the, the bridge and it falls. Yeah. Sorry, spoilers, question mark. <laughs> um, and the paladin just, and, like, the bridge collapses, and the, the paladin just looks at the bar like, you motherfucker. <laughs> that was Lockie and Cora's relationship to a T. Wasn't yeah. it? Was it? No, wasn't it the sorcerer? That oh, it was the sorcerer. It was the sorcerer right. that yeah, tripped yeah. it, but You're still. Correct. But same, still. Same, same, same relationship. Same, same idea. But same idea. absolutely moments where, yeah. like, everyone turned and looked at Dan in, like, our row at the theater, and he... He was like, "What?" And he's like, "You know." Well, even when like when that when the bridge moment happened, I was sitting there and all I was see is like Dan lean forward. He just kind of like smiles at me, like, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's you, motherfucker." Um, sorry. Last thing is, uh, they have parry. So if they're hit with a melee attack, they can add a d. Uh, sorry, six to their AC once Oof. per round as a reaction. So you can parry it. Yeah. So and they're again their their AC is already eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, or it was, was going to be twenty with armor. Yes, like insanity. Yeah, yeah. So it's and plop them on top of a good luck hitting skeletal horse. Oh my god, a skeletal war horse. Like I'm just thinking, yeah. like a big old like Clydesdale type. Yeah. So like the fun thing is like, I don't think Adam remembers this, and I'm sure he does because he has it written down somewhere. But when I first originally wrote Cora, she has a horse. Mm. She has yes, a war horse this. that yes. she had to leave behind and never saw again. To the point where on her on my character sheet, 
it actually is fine steed. She had fine steed to be able to mm. find her horse when she could, but like she never, we never went back home. No. Well. Oh boy. Well, that's coming back. <laughs> just reminded <coughs> that, that Pora had a steed, so prepare for horses. <laughs> yep. She did. She did have a steed. Okay, she I will painted have a miniature for you. So. Skeletal, a skeletal steed. <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah, there is absolutely. I've painted that mini. Amazing. Oh, Prepare. I'm so excited. It's gotta be used, right? <laughs> That's true. How do we must use it? Anyways, okay, so that is a Death Knight as a whole and in a nutshell, so let's roll some dice. What a joy. I am going to pick this one today. All right. All right, nine, nine for me, 19 for Elwyn, and then we've got 14 for Casey. All right. All right, so let's just talk about Death Knights as a whole. Uh, I'm going to remo- try and remove Korra from my context. Uh, <laughs> but, like, so quest ideas. Elwyn, what are your thoughts? Ooh, quest ideas. Quest ideas. I feel like Big Bad, you know, like, Death Knight just screams Big Bad. I don't know. Yeah, it you know, with a, It has with a, What was it, a CR of 12, it was 18? A, it was a healthy CR of... 17. 17, there you go. I mean, I really don't know what screams Big Bad other than a CR of 17. Let's just throw that at a level one, you know, like first encounter. Yeah. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. This this is this is your Big Bad. This is your these are the murmurs amongst all of the villages of, you know, the area that you're in about this one reigning so it's almost like you, you, you never fight it, you never want to come across it, but you know the history. You know the history, yeah. you know it's there. Yeah. Nothing gets that powerful without it being known. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It is, you know, they're up there with, you know, vampire lords and just... Liches. Liches. <laughs> and yeah, they're they're up there with <laughs> the big bads. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's very true. Uh, Casey, what about you? Mm-hmm. Quest idea. I see this as it, it's your long game, but yeah. you, I feel like you're going to have to navigate to a different realm, different plane. Like mm. you are, you are trying to drop the ring in the mm. volcano. Like you yeah. need to, you need to slog, you need to fight, you need to yeah. gain abilities in order to even consider fighting it. And then you're going to have to find magic to get you even to, like, the realm or the yeah. plane that it lives on. Uh, yeah. It In general, I don't know. I feel like it's also the thing, because it is the end game, it's going to be something that perhaps your real true purpose and the reason you're going to find Death Knight is not known at the very beginning of your campaign. Yeah. It evolves and it comes out as you go along. And you might find it at, like, level 12. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, on the string of everything be- being big, big bads, all I can think of when I think of Death Knights is the Four Horsemen. Yeah. Of the oh. Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So I would love to that's, do a campaign centered around, yes. like, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, but they're all Death Knights. Yes. They're all fallen paladins. They all have yeah. a history. They all have a story. Each one of them has a weakness. And each your job one. is to find each one's weakness, use it against them yeah. to stop the apocalypse from yeah. happening. Yeah. And that's your oh big long God, game. Oh my God, that is amazing. But then all r- random so shit happens yeah. in between, like but like it does oh in those campaigns. But that's your end, that's yeah. your long game campaign is to Love fight it. these four horsemen. And I feel like that's a the, internet, the internet's going to be yeah. like, Megan, it's been done before. And I, I bet it has. 100%. 100%. One, it was but in, it's such a good story. It was in God of War. Like it was yeah. in like, 
It's in video games. Like, oh, it's it, a it, was in, it was in Supernatural. <laughs> yeah. It was in, I mean, like, any any kind of, like, lore-based... Uses the four horsemen. ...fandom <laughs> is going to use four horsemen. Yeah. I'm watching... Um, Simpsons. Good That's Omens right, right now. Yeah. Behind yeah. the times, I'm like, this is so great. Yeah. <laughs> it's in there. Yeah. It, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's I think it's a classic for a reason. Been around for a few <laughs> millennia. Yeah. You know, it's a great story. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I think it's got a lot of depth to it as well. Yeah. And you can make it a multi arc. You could definitely make it where individual um, characters within your party have a certain connection to each horseman as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so you have there's to some highlight sort of, every party yeah, member so, to like, yeah. be successful. Yeah. You're a descendant the board. of yeah, or, like, you're a descendant of, of or you're yeah, or like, you know, if it's pestilence, you know, it was specifically like your ancestral village was always affected by pestilence. So you have a vendetta thing. against yeah, that so specific you have, one. So that is like it has wiped out your entire bloodline yeah, and man. you were the last left and like that is your goal yeah so i mean like i think that there's a lot of depth to that Blessings. oh yeah you're welcome <laughs> um body horror for them oh, i mean i th- i think he could go super stereotypical i think he could go you know uh you know knights on uh what is it uh jousting you know you, you've got kind of like your jousting knight full suit of armor you got your you know your war horse that sort of stuff but then You've got that that playability of if you do something like the Four Horsemen, give them their own personalities. They've all kind of, you know, Pestilence has got definitely, you know, some maybe rotting or decaying, rusted out kind of armor, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, Famine is maybe looking a little emaciated. Um, you know, War is definitely, you know, full black suit of armor he's on a steed steeds like flaring out you know fire from the like flames from the nose like yeah you know really kind of played up to personalities as well i think that there's a lot of versatility of that that's true what about you casey i kind of like the idea too of um if you're having say a singular death knight mm-hmm. that is the end goal end game mm-hmm. that they have pristine armor mm. and pristine perfect long sword and their horse oh, is like covered in whatever they're like like the cloth is like if it was blue and like their emblems and then at one point yeah and at one point like if one gets some kind of hit you like knock their helmet and then it's just like this horrific like, shell of, uh, like, human corpse behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you get, you have to wait to really know. It's like, wait, well, like, is it decayed? Yeah. What does it actually look like? And yeah. then have kind of a really sickening reveal. Like yeah. a progression. Yeah. yeah. And, like, the throes of battle, like, the helmet gets knocked off and there's, like, a yeah. big reveal. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. And it's in slow motion. Yeah. And they, like, slowly turn their head. And then they're just like the tails of the Crypt Keeper. Like yeah. they've got like the scraggly totally. long gray hair yeah. and like the hollowed out face and yeah. the melting the skin. gaunt like grayish skin. And then skin. they do try and like smile at you and it's just like this like snaggly yeah. teeth that's like half rotted out. Yeah. Gross. What do you think? <laughs> so gross. <laughs> Play not to Elwyn's thoughts on like the fact that you're going to give them a very specific personality style 
is going to mimic what they look like. Yeah. yeah. And I I like spinning things on its head. Like, yes, it's going to look like a knight in shining armor sitting on a horse. Mm-hmm. But what if they were just a mundane paladin? Mm-hmm. Like, they weren't, mm-hmm. like, your shining god. They weren't, yeah. like, the one that wore the shiny armor. They were literally just a guy that wore leather armor and yeah. just was on a on a crusade yeah. and failed. Yeah. And so it's just, it, like, I feel like you, you could just play a death knight as a regular fucking dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm thinking also, like, if you, like, play in the world of Elphibar, <laughs> a samurai can be a samurai, and they all look the fucking same to a degree, but they all have weird different back histories, they're wearing different mold and that yeah. kind of thing, but they all look like general people, because they live in a world of very, like, mundane necessities, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And so I like that idea, that this was probably a paladin that didn't believe in wearing the armor, wearing the emblems, like, it was just doing good deeds, or he just didn't have the funds for it, because that shit's expensive. Yeah, man. <laughs> and then, know? like, just, just good, failed at his job. Good deeds don't pay a lot. Yeah. Or was a paladin in training and just couldn't yeah. do what the other paladins could do, so he's technically the weak, the, the runt of the litter. Yeah. That now has become a death knight and is stronger than all of them, mm-hmm. but looks the weakest. Yeah. Right? Like, I think that would be really cool. Uh, Role-playing tactics. Arrogant as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are powerful. They know they're powerful. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah I would say that that's definitely defining. They know that they're, they know that they're untouchable. But I think that it would be really good to have kind of like those moments of, oh shit, I did get hit. Yeah, like it would and be like, like the huh. like yeah, kind of like, like I'm the, impressed. Yeah, like thing. a little bit of almost, but almost like a little bit of like the like the stark horror of like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, like, a little bit of hesitance of, like, I have had 500 years of just absolutely dominating this entire domain, and this peon of a human <laughs> has come along. This half-elf <laughs> has decided it has a problem with me. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that there's there's some, some fun playability on that as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think they would, because they have so many, um, like, immunities and abilities that I feel like you could play into them interacting a little more with the people that they're fighting Mm -hmm. and kind of make it known when the wizard tries to do a spell and it just doesn't work or or like they're trying to do turn undead on like a a horde that's over there and and it's like within its radius nice try (laughs) and like and yeah like it's just they are aware of everything you're trying and failing at and then when something actually works they're like hmm okay because I do believe that because they were a paladin yeah they lived in an adventurer's life yeah they know the beginnings and ends of everything that you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like to your point, they're gonna stand there and they're gonna challenge you. Yeah. They're gonna stand there with their horn and you're gonna be like, "Come at me, bro. Yeah. I'll give you one free round." Yeah. <laughs> that is one hundred percent of how I play it. Hit me. <laughs> yeah. You get one free round. Yeah. And if you fail in your one free round, you're yeah. fucked. Yeah. yeah. Like. Yeah, done. Fu- you you fucked around and you found out. <laughs> Hope you got a will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you know where your possessions are going, because... Welcome to the Thunderdome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, exploration and clues. I feel like they are just... like If there's a death knight around, they're going to make themselves known. Yeah. They're yeah. not going to be hiding. They're not going to be Oh, yeah. They have, their own, they have their own fucking kingdom. They, they are they're ruling their roost. They are there... The villages know that they are there. They 
warn you against not going into that specific area. Yeah. I really don't think that there's going to be a lot of hints dropped. It's just going to be a big whabam in your face. Yeah. This is a thing. I love it. Yeah. And I agree. And you are, when you very clearly know you're in the realm, you are still very far away from them. Yeah. Like, there is death and dying and, like, there is signs of every... Every yeah. consideration of death and undead creatures in that realm that you need to navigate yeah. through before you even, like, touch where yeah. you, they, you might interact with yeah. them. It would be desecrated ground. Yeah. 100%. Right? Like, any church within miles, any graveyard within miles 100%. has been upturned and uprooted. 100%. Like, any religious symbolism or what have you has been yeeted. Yeah. yeah. You are in a barren area. Yeah. It yes. is. And I kind of, like... clear bomb just absolutely... Poof. Totally. <laughs> And I think you could make that starkly, like, polar opposite by, say, like, your party is somewhere that's very forested or very lush or very pretty. Mm -hmm. And, or you go to, like, a fey realm and Mm. you acquire a portal to this place. Mm. And so if you describe how beautiful and lush the environment is and then they walk through a portal to their final destination, and it's just wasteland. It's just yeah. complete wasteland. There is <clears throat> skeletons and just... There's, like, ghosts just wandering yeah, aimlessly. You've just, yeah, you've just got... Yeah. <laughs> every undead that we will talk about in this entire... <laughs> yeah. So, but, like, to speak on the fact that, like, you mentioned that, like, if you go to a forested area... Yeah. So, and that triggered my brain. Paladins take sacred oaths. Yeah. And they're all very different. Yeah. So, like, the ancients, uh, conquest, crown, devotion, glory, redemption, vengeance, watchers, and oathbreaker, like, they all have very different aesthetics to them. Yeah. So, we've been playing Ooh, this episode yeah. so far about how we're looking at the Silver Knight, right? Yeah. But, like, the ancients, in my mind, is going to be of the forest. Yeah. You're going to find them in a ah. forest. You are going to... You could stumble upon a realm that you didn't... That... You might not even know that that death, death knight's there. And you're just navigating through. you're just navigating through. You're like, hey, let's take this shortcut. This looks like, you know, you've been given a map. And, like, the map clearly says, like, go go through here. But, like, from point point A to point B, it's so much quicker to go through this forest. And then, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You stumbled upon this death knight. thousands-year-old trees, but they're black. Yeah. And it's like, it still lives in the forest, but it is not. That could be some of the clues. Yeah, holding yep. on That could to... be some of the clues you're going through and, like, all of a sudden, like, lush green forest. And as you get closer to kind of the center, the core of the forest, mm-hmm. it just slowly starts kind of getting a little bit more withered, a little bit the more The animals decayed. are gone. The animals are dead. It's just, just, you could hear a pin drop. Just yeah. absolutely silent. No birds, nothing. And then you just, could you imagine, like, you're just kind of, like, walking through and then all of a sudden you just hear, like... A horse's exhale. Yeah. Like you were gonna, you were about to do like a whinny. Yeah. I was. Well, I was, was going to try and exhale through my nose, and I'm like, that's not going to be attractive. So no sound effects for this one. But like, you just hear. You could just like hear that like yeah deep breath yeah. of a horse. Like I'm almost thinking like we always kind of do a call back to like Lord of the Rings and things like that. Yeah. But to the um. The wraiths the, on yeah, like the yeah, the the wraiths, the the Nazguls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys remember so much Lord of the Rings shit? Like, I don't remember names for anything oh in Lord God. of the Rings. Yeah. I'm like, there's hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> that is as much as I know. Yeah. 
Um, I always do the callback, and just because we talked about the Oath of the Ancients, the fact that they're forested, I keep I do callbacks to Legend of Zelda on a regular basis. Yeah. I'm thinking Ocarina of Time, Ganondorf in the temple of the, oh, like the forest yeah. temple when he's on the horseback and when running through on, the paintings yes. or whatever. But you hear the 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 horses like the, snort. The, the, yes, the, well, that's and, what it is. Exactly, the, like you hear the deep breathing of the yeah. horse and the hooves clacking on the yeah. ground. Oh yeah. yeah, like that. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> And that might yeah. just, they might not even be like him there, but that's yeah. like the aura's warning. But that's exactly, like, that's just the vibe to of confuse it. the shit out of you. Yeah. Yeah, and like, you would not want to rest in this area. No, and no, so, like, you're if trying you to take go too through. long, and then you don't rest, and then you all suffer, yeah. like, a level of exhaustion going into this fight, like, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. And then you just kind of, like, you're walking through, you're hearing, like, the trees just, like, creaking as they're just kind of slowly bending and swaying. Because yeah. they're all dead. It's very true. Just yeah. gross. Thinking, like, haunted mansion forest. <gasps> yeah. Mm-hmm. I like how we pivoted, like, fuck the Shining Knight, we're going for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean, like, uh, but again, I mean, because they are paladins. And who they were in life. And who they were in life. Yeah. There's so many layers to the personalities that you can give them. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, that and that was that just brings us back to, like, like that opens up so much for the role playing. Mm-hmm. If you're struggling yeah. on, because we were like, yeah, like, horrible, scary, <laughs> going to be yeah. an arrogant prick. It's like you add in one angle of like their um, environment, their environment, their specific, and you yeah. have a whole. Their force is haunted. They don't have to deal with you. Last but not least, combat. I mean, we did talk a little bit about it. I said like they're gonna be arrogant. They're like, they're, yeah. come at me, bro. Absolutely. If you re- if you make it to like, and I, if we go back to the forest thought, they're gonna be like, if you can get into my castle and come fight me, I'll fight you. Yeah. yeah. But good luck getting. To I'll me. also be mildly impressed. Yeah, but like I'll st- and I might yes. want to fight you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I might be a little bored that day. It's been like a millennia. <laughs> it's been 84 years. <laughs> yeah, but as a DM, it will be oh, very, It there will be a lot yeah. to control and manage because yeah. it has a lot of cool abilities. So you will so, have to know it very well. Yeah. So, you know, when you were kind of talking about the different abilities that it has and how it's kind of got like a lot of kind of buffs and kind of like area effects and it's going to do something over here and it's going to do something over here like it's almost puppet mastery yeah like it's gonna fuck up this location over here and it's gonna kind of cause some chaos over here but then it's also gonna be bad news over on the other side and so it's kind of just sitting there like he's got the arrogance he's sitting there going like fucking idiots and he's just like a little sprinkle over here and a little sprinkle over there and he's just sitting back puppet mastering it yeah yeah spread the damage totally because like you can think that you're safe because you've got it like surrounded in melee combat and then it can drop that (laughs) well not fireball the hellfire 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 orb like way over there Drops that over there, and then he's just like, let's do a little horde of something over here, and then like, oh, I'm gonna like fuck up your cleric, and... It really won't care if it wipes out like a bunch of its own army as well. It's just like... No, he's just... (laughs) I can make more collateral damage, like whatevs. Yeah, I'm just yeah. gonna build me some revenants today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get a revenant oh and you get a revenant. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, its goal in life is to make as many revenants as it can, so oh. it's constantly being challenged. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
Like, that would be, like, so fucking chess badass. Master, chess Master Extreme, just, like... Yeah, it's, like, it gives me, like, evil Goku vibes. Yeah. Of just, like, yeah, I'm gonna fight you because I want to be the strongest. Yeah. But when I kill you, you're gonna come back as a revenant and get stronger, right? Yeah. <laughs> Great. Cool. <laughs> yeah. well, let's play more. And that is this the sea in front of you before you can even get to... Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, a sea of revenants. Me like, I'm sorry, you don't get to kill them because I am going to kill them. <laughs> I just... They bring back the revenants, but the revenants become part of their army. So the people that tried to fight them has become their army. Yeah. yeah. And then he's just... And they're just... It's their collection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are my shiny little toys. I killed all of these. Yeah. Look at how great Would I you am. like to join? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it'd be so cool if, like, the Death Knights then, like, got together and was like, look at my collection. And, like, they just, like, compared collections. That's the Four Horsemen every two years. Exactly. <laughs> every millennia. They're like, hey, what does your army what look like? What does your army look like? Yeah. Oh, like but that's the oh. end, right? The tragic death of one of your party yeah. members at level 12 becomes a revenant or becomes part mm. of the Death Knight's army. Yeah. So fuck all of the plans we had. We are now beefing up and we are going after them just to try and free them. Even yeah. if you can't save them, free them from free that. Free them at least from yeah. that. So then you're fighting a death knight. <laughs> we oh, love it. Holy your moly. own death certificate. All right, so that's death knights as a whole. Death knights as a whole. Yeah, so we should go into some lore. Holy moly. Okay, buckle up. We're going to talk about Lord Soth. And if you look up Lord Soth, in any source you want, you're going to find lots of history and lots of different stories. I'm going to do my best to highlight a few that I found most interesting and um, had a bit more substance to them. His story plays a role in various parts of adventures found in the Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen book. But there is a lot of lore outside of this book as well. You will have heard of him already if you are a longtime listener of the It's Mimic regular podcast series in episode 227, which is all about Dragonlance. Adam does a nice deep dive of Lord Soth, and I'll cover a lot of that here as well um, in with details from this book and then other lore sources. But there will be some spoilers if you're planning on playing a Dragonlance campaign or you will be in the future. So um, if you want to run one yourself, definitely check out that episode for inspiration as a DM. Hmm. So as a human, he was known as Lauren Soth, and he was a husband and an example of all that is good and virtuous. He was an elite Salamnic knight of the Order of the Black Rose. House of Soth was one of... The ruling houses of Salamnia, which is a human nation in Ancelon. This is heavy dragon lance in yeah. here. Yeah. Um, but how the mighty fall. Uh, after he and his knights save a group of Sylvanesti elves from raiders, he becomes infatuated with one of the el- elves, a priest named Isolde, and takes her back to have for himself. Remember, he it, he has a wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, in the Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen book, it is said that Lord Soth's wife, Corin, dies 
and then he marries Isolde a few days later, which gets him in trouble with the Knights of Slamnia because he is showing so much disrespect to his late wife. Therefore, gods call on him to redeem himself and go on a quest to prevent the Cataclysm, which is uh, the very devastating threat brought forth by the king priest of Istar that will destroy everything. Mm -hmm. This is like a big premise in this whole thing. This is Ragnarok. This is the apocalypse. This is... (laughs) Yes. So redeem yourself like you used to be good and virtuous. What the fuck did, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So go forth. Um, And it kind of, that's kind of, like, there's, there are many other stories that have more juice than that. So another one, um, his wife becomes pregnant with the assistance of magical skill she has. But he also gets this elven woman pregnant before his wife gives birth to his first child. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, when his wife gives birth to the baby, it's deformed. And Mm. he blames her and the magic magic as a reason for it, freaks out and kills his wife and their child, and then covers it up as a dying-in-childbirth scenario. And so conveniently, he has this backup lover of this elven priestess and so he attempts to wait an appropriate amount of time following his wife's death and get and marries her yeah and shocker it wasn't nine months after that she gives birth to a child and so all is well and good for them for a short time but his first wife's death was investigated by a panel of knights and eventually they come after him for the death of her and his child from witness testimonies, and he is sentenced to death. Dude, I just feel like that was a trial of women being like the girl math ain't math. Yeah. The guy yeah. was like, what are you talking about? Like, that totally makes sense. Yeah, I was like, no. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of like the wives that are like, mm, that, that's, that's not. Son, mm, you should probably, like, I'm just a female. I have no power here. I can't do anything, but you need to, like, I'm telling you, <laughs> fucking figure it out. The wife yeah. of one of the other knights, he comes home and be like, yeah, like this happened today at work. And she's like, oh, okay, I need you to sit down. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to exactly. explain something to you. And I'm going to try and do this That's as best I can. That's not how women's bodies Babies work. are made. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I'm here with you. I'm on about it. Um, but, like, Lord Sloth is an elite knight of this Order of the Rose. And so he ends up being saved from a public beheading by his loyal fellow knights of Salamnia. And it's decided that he will be exiled instead. Okay. But sadly, he is having a hard time with that. Oh, boo And is torn from his elven wife and their child, and he get, he falls into a depression. Oh, because of it. baby. I know. <laughs> oh, just wait for it. Oh, My God. summary is going to be very different response than Adam when he talked about it. <laughs> Adam's just like, this poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> really feel for him. Um, so, his still-devoted second wife, um, Isolde, then prays to goddess Mishakal to help him with his depression. And he is given yet another chance at life and given a task 
to ride and confront the king priest to stop the cataclysm and save Kryn. This goddess promises to help him with his quest and to even resurrect him if needed so that he can complete the the task and return to live peacefully with his wife and child again. So short and sweet kind of scenario. Still, he's an asshole in the first one. Yeah. Second one, so much more juice. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> bigger so asshole. Much more asshole. He is a bigger asshole in the second yeah. one. That is not a guy. <laughs> he is not a pretty picture that one painted. That's real toxic no. energy right there. <laughs> and <is> so. <laughs> sauce as fuck. That gives me... <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. Um, and this is where, like, so those are the two kind of parallel stories, and this is where they begin to align a little bit again. So on his journey... It doesn't get better, though. <laughs> Go on, pop off, So on his journey to um, the king priest, he crosses paths with the elven group Isolde was part of originally, mm-hmm. and they, not shockingly, don't really like him. <laughs> What? Um, <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. He, he, he kind of stole away their priestess. And I, um, this is shocking news. I am beguiled. <laughs> so they tell him that she hasn't been faithful to him and that the child is not his. What? And so he abandons his quest to go back and confront her and likely murder her. But in doing do. so... He doesn't stop the king priest, and the cataclysm happens anyway. What the fuck? This man! This fucking guy! This man! I'm so glad he is on our version of the podcast. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just like, oh, this gets worse. This gets worse. Rip this guy a new one. Yeah. And yeah, the elves were, of course, lying. His second wife, and his first wife for that matter, never cheated on him. But the pride, oh man. So as the world is burning up around them in Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen book, Isolde curses Lord Soth in her dying breath after he accuses her of cheating and says to suffer one lifetime for every life lost in in the Cataclysm. In the juicier version (laughs) that I found online... Lord Soth has a chance to save his child as their castle collapses around them, but he refuses to take him from his dying wife's arms where she is trapped because his pride was damaged with her unfaithful acts. I hate him. When he turns to leave them both to die, she screams a curse at him to live yes. one life Good for lady. every life lost <laughs> as a result of the cataclysm, and the gods grant it. Good woman. <laughs> So, yeah, she she gets a little bit of, like, revenge, but... Um, and, yeah, ultimately, Lord Soth does not escape the Cataclysm himself. He, too, dies a fiery death with his knights in the Cataclysm, with fire so fierce it can burn stone. And cursed he is, he rises again as one of the most powerful death knights in all of Kryn, but is alone and in his fucking feelings. Like, maybe I made some mistakes. <laughs> oh, oh, now you think that these are bad decisions. <laughs> and so he and his knights that saved him yeah. way back when are also cursed, and they remain undead to never find peace. And many of the elves who deceived him about Isolde's cheating and made him turn back, they're doing also helped not stop the cataclysm and they were also cursed to live as ghosts 
And so would he have gotten there and stopped the king priest? Whom's to say? Whoops Whoops to say. say. Whoops to say. (laughs) So, Lord Sloth. (laughs) I got there before I finally said it. We call him from now on in my mind. Lord Sloth. He is. Lord Slippery Motherfucker. (sighs) Lord Soth hides away in the remnants of his burned and collapsed castle called Dargard Keep. The fire had burned away his flesh, and so he exists as a skeleton covered in black armor with bright orange glowing eyes and feeling constant pain. (laughs) In the time as a death knight, again, there are many stories of his activities, including him pledging allegiance to dragon high lords, but ultimately, dragon queen Tachesis, a.k.a. Tiamat, summons him to fight as her champion, and he rides into battle for her on the back of a death dragon. It is also said that Tachesis destroys the magic keeping Lord Soth as a death knight and finally fully ends his existence as you know well. what? serendipitous that a woman finally ends his life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean... Fuck this guy. Yeah. yeah. He is a piece of work. I know, interesting, but holy shit. I feel like I could go around now saying, like, instead of saying that's some toxic relationship <laughs> energy, I'm like, that's some Lord Soth energy. That's, 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 <laughs> that's some Warren Soth yeah. energy yeah. there. Yeah, it's it. a lot. It's a lot. I'm and... put that on a mug. <laughs> <laughs> some Lord Soth energy. Yeah, yeah. and... Yeah. And I don't know, happily, pleasant, like, I don't know if we will enjoy playing him in a campaign, but um, we do have the, for the stat murder. blocks for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, stat blocks. So, stat blocks on Lord Soth. So, he is a medium undead paladin. Uh, he is lawful evil. Uh, he has a armor class of 18, so he's got some plate armor. Um, his hit point pool is 228, uh, and he has a speed of 30. Unsurprisingly, he's got a strength of 22, which is a plus 6, and his next two kind of strongest stats are uh, in Constitution and Charisma. He's got a plus 5 in both of those. Of course he fucking does. Yeah, so he's a bit of a smooth talker. Um, he's got a wisdom of plus three, uh, an intelligence of one, or plus, sorry, plus one, um, and he has a plus zero to his dex. So, while he's a smooth talker and pretty, pretty buff, uh, he's not very, not very smooth not, in the bedroom. Not, not, no, no, <laughs> not very dexterous. Not about it. Not very dexterous. Um, he has a, a plus 11 to charisma saving throws. Plus nine to wisdom saving throws and plus six to dex saving throws. Uh, He is um, immune to necrotic and poison damage. He has conditional immunities to exhaustion, being frightened and being poisoned. He has dark vision of 120 feet, which is not that great uh, if you were going up against him. Um, And a passive perception of 13 he is, uh, his languages, he knows a uh, common, infernal, and uh, sol- solemn, 
Salamnic. 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 Yeah. We'll go with that. Yep. Um, he has a challenge rating of 19, ladies and gentlemen, and a proficiency <laughs> bonus of plus six. So he's got some legendary resistances. He has three per day. So if uh, Soth fails a saving throw, he can choose to succeed instead. Very common for these big, big yeah. ones. Yeah. I yeah. hate that one, probably. Yeah. It's like one of the As soon tops. as you know that you're fighting <laughs> Pretty, one that yeah. has them, your yeah. goal is to get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. 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 Big, yeah. yeah. He's got magic resistance, so soft, So he has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Death Knight thing, great. Yep. Yeah. Um, he has martial undead, so unless Soth is incapacitated, he and undead creatures of his choice within 60 feet of him are immune to features that turn undead. Yep. Right. Uh, and then he has unusual nature as well. Very common with uh, with all of the other undead that we've been speaking of. So he doesn't require air, food, drink, or sleep. Yep. He has multi-attack because of course he does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Soth makes three Forsaken Brand attacks. So Forsaken Brand is a melee weapon attack with a plus 12 to hit and a five foot reach. Uh, one uh, against one target. It hits for one uh, D8 plus six bludgeoning damage plus four D8 necrotic damage. And if the target is a creature, it can't regain hit points until the start of Soth's next turn. Yeah, that's gonna be hard to track. Yeah. That is. That's that's a yeah, that's a mechanic that's that's really difficult to like the cleric's gonna have to definitely be on its game to to really be able Even to Even as a that. DM, that'd be really yeah. hard to track. To be yeah. like if you're playing like you're playing him and they're fighting you, like yeah. it's it would be interesting. You yeah. almost need to mark it. Yeah. Like mark yeah. who can't regain until Yeah, yeah, yeah you'll have to have like a specific But that is that paladin character. thing, like the Forsaken brand, like yeah. branding smite, you know? Yeah. It's very yeah. 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 He's also got Cataclysmic Fire, so he can do this once per day. So Soth hurls a magical uh, ball of fire that explodes at each point he can see within 120 feet. Each creature in a 20-foot radius sphere centered on that point must make a DC 19 dex, dex saving throw. The creature takes uh, 10d6 fire damage and 10d6 necrotic damage. So very similar to the... The fire, the, fire. the hair file, hair, hellfire, the hair, the hair, the hellfire orb, hellfire orb. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if, if you succeed, it's halved. Yeah. I like how you now adapted that. But if, but if you succeed, it's only half. It's only half. <laughs> Additionally, any medium or small humanoid killed by this damage has, uh, uh, as well as every corpse as such, a creature within the sphere becomes a skeleton. <gasps> Skeletos! <laughs> oh my god. Under, under Soth's control. <clears throat> Interesting. So this skeleton acts on uh, uh, Soth's initiative, but immediately after his, uh, but immediately after his turn. Um, absent any other command, the skeleton tries to kill any non-undead creature it encounters. Okay. Oh my gosh. So it like blows the shit up. And Fireball. <laughs> Skeletons. The, yeah. The smoke and like orange haze dissipates and then you just see these creatures moving. Oh, essentially. Yeah. You just got, you just got skeletons. Oh boy. Yeah. You just oh got boy. skeletons. Cool. Uh, spell casting. Uh, Soth can cast uh, one of the following spells requiring no material components. 
um, using charisma with a spell save DC of 19. Um, at will, he can use command. He could, and he casts this at third, third level. Twice a day, he can either do dispel magic or hold person. He casts that as third person or third level as well. And then once per day, he can banish someone at a sixth level. Banishment is such a weird spell to me. It is. <laughs> just like, get out of here. Yeah. But like, you if you technically come from this plane, you will yeah. come back. <laughs> yeah. He's also got a word of death that he can use once per day. So he points at a creature uh, within 60 feet and can magically command it to die. Yay. <laughs> it's like powered. Yeah. Power it's, word kill. It's like power yeah. word kill, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, the target must make a, a DC 19 constitution save, um, taking 100 points necrotic damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful one. Uh, if, the, if this damage reduces the target to zero points, the target dies. No ifs, ands, buts, or about it. Do not pass go. Yeah. Do not pass. Uh, collect $200. Yeah. It's also got legendary actions, because legendary resistances are always accompanied by legendary actions. Usually. So, yeah, he takes three legendary actions. So he's got Implaceable Maneuver. So Soth moves up to his speed or commands a mount he is riding to move up to its speed. The movement from this action doesn't uh, provoke opportunity attacks. If he or his mount moves within five feet of a creature during this movement, he can force the creature to make a DC 20 strength saving throw. The creature is knocked prone unless it succeeds the saving throw. Uh, he can also strike, which costs two legendary actions to make, and he makes one Forsaken Brand attack, uh, or he can use all three of his uh, actions to cast a spell. Cast a spell. Yeah. Yeah. Is this breakdown in the regular book, or is this in Dragonlance? Yeah, this breakdown is in Dragonlance. Well, <laughs> shit. Fuck this but, guy. Yeah. He's... And, OG, like, the only way this is even worthwhile is is being really high level. Like, you're level 18 oh, yeah. to 20. Oh, easily. And yeah, you this have is, allies this is that join you in this battle. And this you is, have magical this is, items. <laughs> this is what you have been working five years towards. So, we're going to roll some dice and discuss this this twat right. waffle. <laughs> he is. <laughs> the definition of twat waffle. Just dice. Oh, I rolled a dot 20. Nice. You rolled a nat 20 with my dice. <laughs> so I feel like this is going to be a very... I did, so you're welcome. Um, this is going to be a very controversial question, I feel, for mm. the internet. Do we like Lord Soth as a character? And I'm going to say... No. no. I mean, it's... How about no? It's needed in life, but I feel yeah. like it's too real. Like, um, why? Like, just, yeah. just fuck right off. And all, the thing that pisses me off the most is that, like, he did all that shit... Things popped off. He's now more powerful and sad about it? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. yeah. Poor fucking me. Oh, I guess yeah. I'm going to just do this bit. Oh, man. Oh. Things didn't work out how I wanted them. <laughs> Ugh. Just yeah. disgusting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, it's an interesting long lore background story that I feel like you can play campaigns in different parts of his storyline. And yeah. so you don't have to fight him as a big, big bad as a death knight right away. Yeah. You could throw in like a campaign, like a court game, yeah, of like the win- the women being like, I- "No, honey, like yeah. you need to go back and you need to tell them that that's not how it works." Yeah. Nine months is nine months. <laughs> like I don't, <laughs> like, yeah. 
So like you can like I feel like there's a lot here that you can use because like who doesn't have a stupid tragic backstory in yeah. life? Yeah. I just feel like this is very hyper concentrated into one person. Yeah. And unfortunately, we all have that one yeah. asshole in our lives, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I just yeah. yeah. He yeah. wanted it all, he tried to get it all, and then things got fucked up for him and he whined about it. And you got yeah. upset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is misogyny at its best. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. Do we need to talk more about that question? Do you guys have any further comments? No, I mean, I think I think playability... Well, I mean, no. I, do you like Lord Soth as a character? No. <laughs> I think that that answers... Him. Yeah, that answers that question. Yeah. I think that we could definitely, you know, spiral into, you know... Yeah. different ways that we could manipulate or use him and i mean as a dm if you want to be a little mass or sadistic yeah you know play this you know throw it at, throw it at your party but i feel like you wouldn't even know his background you know yeah. what i mean like it's not like you're gonna deep yeah. dive into his background <coughs> as players and figure out this well not not backstory. as players but i mean like as dm but as a dm though i mean like you're gonna you're you're gonna know his backstory and you're gonna like unleash the f- full array of it yeah. on like your character. But it's yeah. going to be the wrath of the nonsense yeah. of it. But, like, your characters and, like, your players yeah, are going to be players. like, oh, like, look at this fucking Death Knight. Fuck this guy. And you're yeah. like, you don't even know. Oh, yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah, and that is kind of how he's laid out in the book, too, is, like, um, there's, like, different people along the way you may encounter way before you ever know him at all have information. Mm-hmm. And so, like... It's easy to pull from all lot, a lot of different angles for him, but ultimately, he is never going to be the good guy. He is never like you will hate him. He yeah. is he is yeah. built to hate. Yeah, he will never be the good guy. But like, so next question is around quest ideas. However, again, I like to flip shit on its head. So <laughs> no. if you were going to play an evil campaign or an unknown ca- evil campaign that turned into an evil campaign. You might just be a follower in his kingdom, and you might just be a part of his army, and, like, you are the caretakers of this elven wife that he's now brought home, and, like, you're the guards for her, and then all the shit's popping off in the background, but all you are tasked to do is keep this person safe. But then they find out that there's murderers after her because there's a, probably going to be a cult and a group of people being like, yeah. we know what happened and this woman does not belong here. Yeah. So then you take her to a place of safety thinking yeah. that you're helping her escape this castle. And then that's what pops off the whole storyline. Yeah. Right. And now you're protecting this woman who technically is innocent. Yeah. yeah. And he thinks you are the one he, she's... That with. she slept with. Like, yeah. she's definitely going to accuse one of you. Yeah. Being <laughs> oh, like, 100%. Yeah. Like, oh my God. I just, again, I feel like there's so much in his backstory already written yeah. that I would almost want to pick a point in that timeline, do a campaign, and not give a shit if it changes the timeline. Yeah. Like, who cares? Yeah. yeah. Let your let your players do what they want to do. It's like when you play a Strahd campaign, it's never played the same, twice, the same way twice. Yeah. Same kind of concept. Yeah. Right? What about you, Elwyn? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Quest <laughs> ideas. Yeah. Quest ideas, um, yeah, I mean, like you had said, you could really plop a quest down anywhere within his timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could make him, like, the ultimate big, big bad if you wanted to. 
I don't know why you would would have some sort of like redemption arc for him or something like that. You could make it that the end goal, the end quest is, you know, trying to help reverse the effects of the cataclysm and, you know, bring peace to the land and things like that. And only in that does Lord Soth find peace and can finally go off and you know go to the fuck off yeah pretty much (laughs) but like he can find peace like you could you could definitely go that way if you ever wanted to like sympathize with him but you know i mean it's definitely just one of those um yeah you you could plop it down in your you know you could be trying to stop the cataclysm before and like watching lord soth like absolutely fuck it up Mm mm-hmm and, you know, try and make sure, like, what if you, like, plop it down in his storyline of, you know, like, he's gone to go and he's come across the other priests the elf, that are like, yeah. yeah, that are like, oh, you know, your wife cheated on you or whatever. And, like, you're going with him and you're like, but she didn't. And he's like, but I need to go this way. And you're like, no, you really need to go this way yeah. to deal with. You know, and to, like, stop the cataclysm and things like that. So, I mean, like, there's a lot of playability on it. Like, you could really plop them down in the middle of the lore, or you could just have it as, you know, endgame. Mm-hmm. You know, he is who he is. Yeah. Ooh. What about you, Casey? I hate this so much, but... <sighs> so, like, he becomes the Dragon Queen's champion yes. in the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, Acra is a worshipper of mm. the Dragon Queen and absolutely would team up with this dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She would. Lich and Death Knight? Absolutely. And I don't think Cora would really have a problem with that <laughs> in the long term. She might see it as just more <clears throat> competition. Yeah, she's like, I'm sorry. I thought I was the only Death Knight in your life. That's fine. <laughs> a little jealousy. <laughs> Yeah, little, whatever. Rumble. I mean, I tried to kill you once, and now you won't even return my calls. Like. <laughs> it's like when your best friend all of a sudden gets like a new friend, and you're like, "I'm sorry, yeah. you're what, not allowed are you guys to have best a- friends now." Yeah, you guys are not allowed. You're not allowed to have another best friend. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I've known you for twenty million years. Yes. <laughs> okay, so new fun sidebar thing. <laughs> Just a lot of girl drama. Yeah. <laughs> Akra would probably be like, fine, battle it out. Yeah. Fight <laughs> for my love. Yeah. But, oh, man. Okay. So you are in a very high level, like, game at mm-hmm. this point. And so, like, for example, if you're going up against an evil lich, this is absolutely something that's going to just drop in and be another ally that you're going to have to face. I can see this now being possibly in our future, in our current campaign, and it kind of scares me. So, yeah. Adam, just, like, don't listen. We're giving him, nudge, nudge, Adam, hint, hint, We're nudge, giving nudge. him so many ideas. Yeah. But, yeah, you are you are absolutely right. When yeah. the campaign starts to spin a little evil, um, this is the perfect asshole ally yeah. that you might want. Um, yeah. And he's such a whiny little bitch as oh. well. So you might be kind of like, reminds me of like, <laughs> what is it fucking King Joffrey from Game of yes. Thrones? Oh like yes. just a sniveling little like, oh, like, oh no, <laughs> like that's what he reminds me of. Yeah, 
I just want to know that the writers probably wrote him like, what a badass character this is. <laughs> oh, 100%. And we're like, fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah. Fuck up yeah. his whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And like, he was, he actually is described in some online sources at when he is human. And like, it, it is, he is an uninteresting, regular, old mm. human that Joffrey. has, like, dark hair. <laughs> Joffrey. But, but he thinks that he's, like, the hot shit. Yeah, because he's the knight of this elite yeah. group, and blah, blah, blah. I pulled this fucking elven priest. Yes. Yeah. Like, I bet you his me. dad got him that knight shit anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just nepotism to its <laughs> finest. Oh, lord. Yeah, so I think that... He's a, he's a legacy knight. <laughs> Yeah, yeah so you could just even roll that into just, like, how he speaks. His He has a lot of negative self-talk when he stares in the mirror and sees a, like, burned just skeleton. Yeah. It's like, you didn't used to look like this. What happened to you? I feel like that blended <laughs> in the roleplay, which we're going to talk next, because they're yes. thinking the same thing, where he just constantly is beating himself up because of the life that he lived and, like, everything that he's yeah, lost. he is the worst Full to be around. Yeah, it's yes. like, I'm almost imagining now, like, the whole Wizard of Oz, kind of, like, mm. wizard behind the curtain, where you never see what he actually looks like, because he's always suited up in his armor because of mm. how shitty he looks. Yeah. And so when you pull the curtain back, he's actually this gross, emaciated old man. I'm now imagining in uh, Game of Thrones, the House of the Dragon one, yes, the Dying King, yes, that's what I'm imagining in my head now. Absolutely, yeah, like just like can't even hold himself up, but as soon as he suits up and puts his armor on, yeah. like he just has that weird personality He's, to him. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Elwin, any role playing thoughts as well? Yeah, um, I mean, I also think that while he is self deprecating and you know just kind of absolutely bashes him i think that he is the fucking cockiest motherfucker when you actually encounter him as well he mm-hmm. just yeah like in he, public in public he yeah. knows he's hot shit and he or he thinks that he's hot shit he isn't hot shit he thinks that he's hot shit and he is just the he's that one person that you just want to punch in the face yeah like, he doesn't deserve to be this powerful death Yeah. Man. His whole kingdom hates him. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> everybody hates him, but because he is that powerful. Yeah. People draw mustaches on his posters. Yeah. His, yes. like, his like, giant paintings in the hallways have, like, little mustaches. Little mustaches. And he, like, every time he walks down, he's like, I thought I told the butlers to click that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, but bitch. he is just like the most arrogant on the outside. And yeah, I would agree that but he is absolutely very, hates he absolutely hates himself, loathes himself to the core. But I mean, like, I always feel like that's, that's like one of those, like when you have that big bad evil guy and they have that one like tiny little sh- shred of humanity of the fact that he knows that he did wrong that just gives him like a glimmer of like, well, maybe not so bad and I don't want to give him that <laughs> I don't know I don't want to give him we that don't. so like I feel, we don't do like, that I we feel like <laughs> I feel like while he would be self-deprecating I don't want him to be self-deprecating I want him to live with his consequences <laughs> and just own it I now just imagine Lord Farquaad <laughs> Like, I want him to own his actions and I want him to live with it, but I know that he wouldn't. No. Because, like, I feel like he doesn't deserve that tiny shred of humanity. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah, I can see that. It's very true. It's like a likable feature when when a big bad is like, I hate myself. 
Yeah. So I don't want I don't want that for him. It's like Alex Karev in seasons one and two of Grey's yeah. Anatomy. Oh. <laughs> but then he becomes my favorite, and then he I hate him. Yes, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> Such a roller coaster of that. I'm also yeah. binging that right now. So. Um, yeah. I am not like I am only caught up to what Netflix has available, so I yeah. haven't watched like the newest like two three seasons. Oh, yeah. So I'm still like yeah. I am not close to there. Oh, I there. I go through phases of re binging that and then. Go yeah. into a deep spiral. <laughs> I remember messaging you the other day yeah. about how, like, we, uh, I wanted to rewatch Vampire Diaries, but I knew it would put me in a depression. 100%. Yeah. So I was like, I can't watch it because it'll make me depressed, but I really want to watch it. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have those, like, specific comfort shows, but you know that you have to be in a certain frame of mind to be able to rewatch them. And, and especially like that. now that I, like, lived alone for so long, I feel like I'm just going to cry <laughs> and drink wine and cry yeah. more and, like, curl up in the bathtub and cry even more. And I'm like, do I want that for my life? <laughs> Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, any further role playing thoughts? <laughs> we'll see. Anyway. Maybe. 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 Maybe that's next week's vibe. <laughs> Seasonal oppressions just around the corner. <laughs> yeah, fall. The day, the day that I actually get to label my seasonal depression, or my regular depression, it's seasonal, seasonal depression. <laughs> It's like my regular, it's like my regular depression, but with pumpkin spice. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, fucking pumpkin spice. And this spice. is when Adam's glasses come off. And he, <laughs> <laughs> he fucking hates the pumpkin. He hates pumpkin spice. Yeah. Oh, great pumpkin spice. You know, everything. you know who else would hate pumpkin spice? Lord Soft. Yes. 100%. Oh, yeah. He'd be like, who, who are these bitches and why are they drinking pumpkin spice? Why is it so important? And yeah. we're going to say, you know what, Lord Soft? Shut the fuck up. Yeah. yeah. You're ugly. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Exploration We will includes. finish. <laughs> Exploration and clues. Uh, to our point, he has a kingdom. You yeah. You go in there, you know he's there. He's a big, big bad. He exists. Yeah. You, most people will know the stories, but they don't know the whole history. They'll know a version of the history. Yeah. They'll know a version of the stories. You'll know a guy that knows a guy that worked at his castle once. 100%. Yeah. Like, if you were in the area, you know who he is. Yeah. Again, it's, you know, to your point, it's it's like Strahd. Like, yeah. You know Ravenloft Manor. Yeah. You're, you're going to know. You're going to know. Yeah. And I think all of his, um, like, whoever, whoever he has, like, guarding, like, the gates or his keep are all just also miserable. It's like, oh, yeah. Please just kill me. Please. I don't want to do <laughs> this anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. He never comes out and he's always miserable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he just holds himself up inside his, his manor or his castle. I do love the idea that the townspeople hate him, though. Absolutely. But then, like, when they're in public, they talk about him like he's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. And all of a sudden you hear, like, fuck that guy, like, under yeah. their breath. Yeah. And it's just like, wait, what? It's like, no, you're, nothing. Yeah. yeah. Nope. I'll, Amazing I'll, clues. Love that. I'll get murdered. Yeah. Um, and that's if you want to dig into, like, the history of him. Like, imagine if you're a party that's, uh, that doesn't know his history. Yeah. And all of a sudden everybody's just like, yeah, Lord Soth, he's a good guy. Thumbs up. He's great. But then all right. of a sudden. But then, you, then in, like, the tavern at, like, one o'clock in the morning, you hear, like, that one table that is just fucking You find shit the gaggle of women. There's just <laughs> shit the talking elves, him. They'll be around. The elves are yeah, just like, the elves are just <laughs> shit talking him. And then you can make a decision whether, like, again, I feel like a good quest, too, would be, like, being the rescue crew from the elven community mm. to rest to take her back. Yeah. At some point in that yeah. timeline, right? That'd yeah. be pretty dope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last and least is combat. I don't want to fight him. GTFO. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a disaster. Like if you're fighting so him, much. you fucked up. Unless yeah, yeah. If you're fighting him, you fucked up. Unless you have 
um, you know, a very uh, giving DM and they have imbued you with powers of gods. In, and in your the job form. is yeah. to get rid of him. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, in the form of like specific weaponry and, you know, magical, like fucking legendary items and shit yeah. like that yeah. that is designed to specifically get rid of him. GTFO. I could see Team App being like, you're getting too strong. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> there is that as well. Yeah, yeah, there is that. I mean, like, it did say in the in the lore that she eventually does destroy him. That's what I mean. So you play yeah. that portion of yeah. it being like, you are now followers of Tiamat, and your job is to, go, your quest is yeah, to go kill this yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm growing bored of Lord Soth. Or she's just getting pissed off with his... <laughs> Patriarchal bullshit. bullshit. <laughs> Fuck this guy. <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck him and his horse. <laughs> she does the whole fucking reverse thing, and when he shows up, it's like, why don't you smile more? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're oh, never smiling. Yeah, you would look so you much more so much better <laughs> if you smiled. You know, really bring that charisma oh to my life. God. Yeah. Yeah, like to DM and and play him in combat, incredible. Like yeah. it's oh, like, oh my so god, fun. you don't get to do this yeah. ever. But yeah, this will is decimate. Absolutely, this is this is a dream it's big bad really, as a really DM cool. to be able to play because and hard. yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I mean, I think I think as a as a seasoned DM, he's one of those um, he's one of those creatures that gives you a little bit of a challenge as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it you know while playing earlier um, kind of episodes and earlier kind of um, like challenges and creatures and things like that within your campaign is fun because you help your your party and things like that develop and it can be fun throwing like little things and things uh, that it's, it's fun to like just fuck with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's fun to like strike the fear of Lord Soth in them. Yeah. You know, That's so it, it's it's fun to, to have that challenge as a DM as well. You go into a lot, of, you know, everybody that has been a DM knows the amount of backstory and the amount of work and the amount of world building that DMs put into creating the games for their parties. And so having a little bit of a fun as a DM is also definitely yeah. needed. So kind of a gift. Little, this, is, this is a little bit of a this treat. Is this the, is, yeah, this is a little bit of a treat for you as yeah. a DM. The peak. A well-written yeah. treat. Yeah. yeah. So, on a scale of <laughs> 1 to 10 undead tragic falls from Grace, how would we rank these creatures as part of the undead landscape in D&D 5th edition? So, just plain old death knights. They're my favorite 10. <laughs> Fucking love death knights. And You've got a personal I connection I to do. it, though. They're very neat, though. They are. But they are, yeah. They are. They are definitely, I think. It's like you get a whole character in an evil big bad guy. Yeah. And you don't have to, basically don't have to build it yourself. You just have yeah. a whole fucking character. Yeah. I, I think there's that. I think that uh, it's a good comeback for a fallen character, fallen party character, um, to be able to come back. If they don't want to come back as someone good, they could come back as a death knight. They could hide their identity as a death knight. It's true. They could come back posing as a revenant but surprise i'm a death knight and fuck up their party mm-hmm. yeah i'd say i'd say they're definitely on the higher like a eight or nine for me i'm gonna put them at 10 yeah i like it i like yeah. it a lot they Thanks. are intimidating and scary yeah. thanks yeah. Acra. that's my biased <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah what about lord sloth 
I mean, oh, sorry. <laughs> I know you said <laughs> Purposefully. Uh, on a scale from twat waffle to extra twat waffle, he is an extra twat waffle. He is an extra, extra yeah. large twat waffle. He is the twat waffle. It's New twat waffle. scale of twat waffle. New scale. Ten. Yeah. He's his own scale. Ten of twat waffle. Yeah. Solid twat waffle. Yeah. He's ten out of one on a twat waffle scale. <laughs> <laughs> ten out of one on a twat waffle. <laughs> he's just the twattiest of waffles. Fuck you, Soft. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's just, again, if you give him that little shred of humanity, there might be a minor likability on that, a little bit of humanity in him. Um, but nah, he's, he's a... Dying of fire kind of guy. Yeah. yeah. Disrespectfully, with all due disrespect, yeah. dying of fire. <laughs> all right. Now it's time to close the crypt on this part of our conversation on Undead in D&D 5th Edition. Stay tuned next time when we move on to the creatures in D&D who feel like Grim Reapers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the It's a Mimic podcast. If you'd like to support us, we have a donate button on our website, www.itsamimic.com. And if you'd like to discuss what you've heard here today, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and at r slash It's a Mimic. For other episodes on other kinds of monsters, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks again for listening to It's a Mimic, where you never know what you're going to get. Like twat waffle. Twat waffle. remembered one thing about Cora's backstory. Ooh, what? Mm. Irvindale. Oh, yeah. Irvindale. So he was an elf character gifted to me as another hot, handsome young man. The man golden, we did not Golden, golden retriever energy. The man we did not deserve, oh. but we got... Every other man at the table hated him, but all of us love women were, like, over, written yeah. for us. Energy. And we had oh, to kill him. That. And we <gasps> killed him. Yeah. We had to. We had no choice. Yeah, he was yeah. one of the ones we had to sacrifice oh, to move those, on. Yeah. Those Happy, shiny, golden boys. Yeah, he was very, very... He was perfect. He was. Oh. He was perfect in Adam every way. Adam did a great job writing that. He I knew love, who wrote that for. I love golden retriever <laughs> energy. That was like our... That was him also, though, giving us a glimmer of happiness and then... Like, pulling, oh, it, pulling it away. And shredding so our hearts is, again. This was really just... How far can I push this group? Absolutely. Until... <laughs> The psychological trauma on their characters bleeds into their personal psyche. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Adam. It's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. One more time with feeling. What's more with feeling? That's how we roll. <laughs> like how we sound like we love this. I mean, nothing here is really right. What the fuck are you doing? Singing the Buffy musical. Fuck <laughs> you. It's literally called Once More with Feeling. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm excited to delve in nostalgia on Cora.
Uh, you're gonna have to help me with some of it, to be honest with you. Oh, like, God. I took some cold <laughs> notes, but I feel like there's gonna be, like, a little bit of, like, I don't really remember how this went. Do you remember how it went? Oh, but, like, God. I, like, I probably should have spent, like, three hours sitting with Adam being like, hey, can you remind me of all the bullshit that Cora did? But anyways. <laughs> it's fine. I digress. She lived a long life. Yeah. We'll get into it. I feel like I've heard, like, tidbits of things, but this'll, this'll be a treat. That's the thing. Throughout, and I'll, I'll say it in our pod, like, like, there's been every podcast I've talked about her at one point in time. And, like, little tidbits. And little tidbits and little stories of what she's done. Her and Acra's, like, romantic friendship mm-hmm. that, like, plummeted to the ground. Like, like, it's a, we've, we've alluded to her story, but I've never really told it from beginning to end. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't think I did it justice here, but there's at least enough there that people can put shit together. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <coughs> The twattiest of waffles. <laughs> Fuck you, Sasha.